This 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 Let's be honest. Talking about our faith, it can get hard sometimes. Sometimes we get caught up in the world, but now the world will have to get caught up in us. We're here to talk about it. We're here to talk about our real faith. We're here to talk about the real God. For unapologetic apologetics everywhere, welcome to Tactical Faith Radio. Tactical Faith Podcast here in the state of Alabama. We are with uh, the noted rabbi and Dr. Eugene Korn, who's a lecturer and scholar and also an educator. He lives in Jerusalem and serves as the academic director of the Center of Jewish Christian Understanding and Cooperation, uh, where it, which resides in Jerusalem. We had him last year for a really neat conversation um, between a Christian and um it was we had him here in what was it Alabaster Shannon? Yeah, it was uh, it was in Alabaster Pelham, uh, discussing the uh, differences and and some commonalities between the Christian worldview and the Jewish worldview. How are you doing, Doctor Corn? I'm just fine, thanks. It's great to be here in Jerusalem. All's well. Um, I don't know what kind of news you received back in Alabama, but it's really uh, quite nice and peaceful and wonderful to be here. So before I get started, I know we were under a time constraint, but I uh, would love to have you on for more, but we can't do it just yet. I'd uh, love to have you back in Alabama at some point, Dr. Korn. We, in fact, last year, there's still talks about our event that we had last year, and we actually had a continuation of that uh, kind of conversation just a couple of months ago. Uh, we actually had, we actually had uh, a Christian and a Muslim come and talk about um, the differences and the common, the, the common things between both worldviews. So whatever you did last year spurred kind of a uh, conversation between worldviews. So thanks again for coming. Um, before we, I guess the first question I had to ask you is there's a lot of misconceptions uh, about uh, Israel, uh, the Jewish people, especially in the American South, especially in Alabama. We're highly dispensational. A lot of people are Baptist. Uh, dispensational. We hold Israel to a high regard. Can you first, before we move into any other questions, how in the world can we as Alabamians support Israel and the Jewish people correctly? Well, um, thanks for asking that question. We certainly would love your support. Um, I think the most important thing that uh, you can do in Alabama is just to speak the truth. Um, there's so much propaganda and so much misinformation and distortion uh, about Israel. Um, it's critically important uh, just to speak the truth and let people know what Israel really is, you know, uh, independent of the, of the propaganda that's out there. And, um, and, and you can do that in a variety of ways. You can do that in your church. You can do that just in talking to your neighbor. You could certainly do that um, through the voices of your representatives and, and senators. Um, and uh, America has been a great friend uh, to the Jewish people and to Israel. And it's critical now because, uh, you know, there's so much polarization and conflict 
uh, in the political discourse uh, around the world, particularly now after President Trump's announcement that he recognizes Jerusalem as that you have all kinds of, of uh, distortions and, and uh, just ugly that have no basis whatsoever in fact or in history. So uh, I think the most important thing is to be educated about what Israel really is, um, what its history has been, uh, what the Jewish connection to Israel is, and to speak to people uh, about fact, uh, and not, um, not fake news and not propaganda. Um, I mean, what's going on in the UN is, is really, uh, it's kind of the theater of the absurd. It's not just uh, the politics that I disagree with, but it's, it's uh, politics that's based on fantasy and propaganda. So the most important thing is to educate yourself and then to, to educate others about what the reality and the truth is here. Yeah, hopefully we can get into fleshing out what what some of those some of those things are. I, I ran across an article today um, talking about uh, the you know so Donald Trump, President Trump, initiating this, uh, signing this into uh, you know, recognizing Jerusalem as the as the uh, the capital of, it, of Israel. I saw one writer. And it seemed to be echoed in some other places that this was somehow a violation of international law, and um, yeah. And so, if if that is true, how how is that true, or is that is that something that is kind of that that they're bending to uh, to say something that international law actually does not say? Uh, how do you, do yes. you know anything about that argument? Yes, I do. Um, uh, first of all, I do not believe it's a violation of international law. Um, and uh, President Trump um, was not the first to do this. The Congress voted 90, or the Senate voted 99 to nothing um, to uh, agree that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. And in fact, it's a law of the United States. In 1995, a law was passed stating that. Um, so you can like Don, uh, President Trump, you can dislike Don, uh, President Trump, but this is really United States policy um, way, way back, uh, at least uh, 20 years ago or 22 years ago from 1995. Yeah, well, so what, then um, what's, what exactly has, uh, why, why is this so jarring to so many people then? Uh, well, I, think, I think because um, uh, so much of the Middle East has kind of been frozen, that the, the political Talking has been frozen back um, to the time of 1948 because uh, there was a, a United Nations um, Security Council uh, or General Assembly Resolution uh, 191 um, uh, back in 1948 that um, provided for uh, the division of of uh, the Holy Land into a Jewish state and a uh, an Arab state and Jerusalem was supposed to be an international capital, um, but that that uh, resolution was rejected by all the Arab countries, um, and it reflected to a certain degree um, the tension and the conflict that existed in 1948 about Israel. But that uh, 1948 was, uh, what is it, 59 years ago, um, and the, the political reality has been completely transformed. Um, Israel function, uh, Jerusalem functions as Israel's capital. Its parliament, called the Knesset, is here. 
Um, mm -hmm. Are the prime minister lives here when heads of state or officials from other governments visit Israel? They visit the government of Israel in Jerusalem. Um, it's vastly different from what existed in 1948. Um, and I would just say that that uh, Jewish connection with Jerusalem um, goes back 3,000 years. Uh, there's never been uh, any other people that considered Jerusalem its capital, um, that made it its capital. Even the Arab uh, countries, you know, under the Ottoman Empire uh, from 1517 till 1917, never considered Jerusalem the capital of anything. Um, it was a small, dusty backwater, um, a small town. And under the British, uh, the same is true from 1917 to 1948. So Israel, uh, the, the Jewish people, always considered Jerusalem its capital. Uh, historically, it was the capital uh, in biblical times. It was the capital during King David's time. Um, and it's been the capital since 1940. And it functions as the capital. But people who are essentially anti-Israel um, want to freeze this political reality back to the resolution of 1948. Which uh, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't have the status of international law, but people claim that it does. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. I know um, that so the General Assembly resolutions in the United in the United Nations do not have any legal status. Um, they're not enforceable. They have no legal status, um, and uh, that's what people are talking about. But but it's almost as if you know we would try try to policy of the United States today would be policy that it was during World War II regarding Germany. It's a completely different world at this point. And everybody everybody, rec everybody in the West uh, uh, recognizes it and functions that way. It's just that the political rhetoric, you know, uh, is um, uh, kind of bursts the bubble of this, uh, of this loopy fantasy and this unreality. So I think uh, what, what President Trump did was nothing more than reiterate what American law is and also just speak the truth. You know, speak the truth to the world about how Israel functions today and how every other government that comes here, visits here, and there have been a lot this year, they all come to Jerusalem because they understand that's where the business of the Israeli government is. Hey, Dr. Korn, I have a question for you. Do you, is it, do we, conf are we allowed to conflate the Israel and Jerusalem as a political entity and a religious entity or in your mind, are they both? Well, I think they're both, and that's part of what makes it such a difficult issue and such a complicated issue. It's really both. Um, uh, Jerusalem has great religious significance to uh, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, as you well know. So you can't, you can never get away from the religious dimension of what's going on here. Um, but it, the stated policy of Israel has always been that that Jerusalem should be. Uh, that Jerusalem should be free and open to all religion, all religious groups, and there should be freedom of worship for all religious groups, and that's the policy of the government of Israel. Unfortunately, between 1948, when Israel was established, and 1967, when Jordanians um, annexed and had control over half of Jerusalem, known as East Jerusalem, Jews were not allowed to go to the holy sites. Uh, Jews were not allowed to go to the ancient city. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, why Israel today insists upon having security and government control over uh, of the holy sites, because only in that way can we be assured that we will have 
free access uh, to the whole to our holy sites. But again, I want to emphasize that under Israeli control, Muslims can go to their holy sites. Christians can go to their holy sites. I've taken I don't know how many groups of Christians um, to the old city, down the Via Della Rosa, to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, to Gethsemane. You know, it's all free to visit. Um, that's be a pluralistic democracy. And those conditions never existed under the Jordanians, and they didn't exist even before, uh, even under the under the British. So um, mm. uh, it's both a political entity. I mean, you know, the government has is responsible for the affairs of state here, and and um, the great things and the small things like uh, sewers and, and garbage collection. Uh, but also, uh, it, it touches on the religious emotions and the religious commitments of, of billions of people around the world, and we respect that. Yeah, that's um, well. You know, I uh, let me see. So, with with Donald Trump saying this, it seems I guess the past the past four administ or uh, the past eight years before with with Obama, um, how how was is is uh is this markedly different move from the U.S. as as opposed to the last administration or maybe even Bush's administration? Um, uh, is, yes. there, is there a sea change here that's going on? In a formal way, it is. In other words, the law was on the books, as I said, from the Clinton years, uh, from 1995, from President Clinton and then President Bush and then President Obama. Um, so the law has been the same. The difference is that... Um, uh, the previous administrations were very hesitant to enact anything or to implement anything because they felt it would upset the peace process. Now that uh, the peace process is kind of um, Did we lose you? I think a bit different because the old ways were not working. Yeah. Um, there, there's so, yeah. It, it is a change. Um, I think the old, uh, the Clinton administration and the uh, Bush administration, the second um, Bush administration and the Obama administration felt that they had to be very, very cautious and not to, uh, not to upset the status quo. Obviously, President Trump doesn't feel that way. No, he doesn't seem like a very cautious individual at all. Sometimes <laughs> love him or hate him, he's uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna do what he wants to do. Of course, this is also. Yeah. Uh, from a Christian point of view, from an evangelical in the South, this is this is constantly a, a carrot on a stick that's laid out for us during presidential campaigns. That that if you elect me, I will be a friend to Israel, and this is primarily a way that presidents have gotten the evangelical vote in the past, because right. evangelicals typically hold Israel up in very high regard. And so, so it's is my understanding that this has been something that has been proud you know, promised by past presidents, but yes, it is promised, Trump who it was is the promised first by every president that they would move the embassy to Jerusalem, the American embassy, um, and they haven't really fulfilled the promise. So uh, once again, you can like President Trump or you could dislike President Trump. But one thing in his favor is that, you know, when he made this promise, when he was campaigning, now it seems that he's going to fulfill the promise. So at least we should give him a little credit for that. So I, I would also say, you know, particularly to the Christian world, um, this is a very important issue because if you listen to what the Palestinians primarily and, and some of the Turkish people are saying, 
now. I mean, just over the last three, four days, what they've essentially said is that that the Jewish people don't have any historical or religious connection with Jerusalem. So what that means is that uh, there really yeah, was I've read Jewish, that several times. It's kind of unbelievable. Jewish temple in Jerusalem. Um, and all of this is some kind of propaganda that the Jewish people made up in order to, to gain control of Jerusalem. Now, the Christians ought to think very seriously about that because think about it. If the Jews were never in Jerusalem, that means there was no temple in Jerusalem. That means everything that's written in the Gospels um, is false. It's a pack of lies, right? Jesus was never in the temple because they claimed uh, that there was no temple in Jerusalem, Jewish temple in Jerusalem. So this is not only an attack Judaism and the history of the Jewish people. This is a direct frontal attack also on what is sacred to Christianity. If Jews were never in Jerusalem, Jesus was never in Jerusalem. How can they and take was, how do they take that no position? Temple, there was no there was no crucifixion. It's all a pack of lies, according to this argument that Jews never had a connection with Jerusalem and never had a history in Jerusalem. Is, so it's not only an attack on on Israel or the Jewish people or on Judaism, it's a frontal attack on the theology and history of Christianity. And and I think it's very important to understand that. You know, the the, the violent reaction in the Muslim world comes because they are not pluralists or Democrats. You know, they, they would want to deny anyone else's history in Jerusalem. How can um, they? Uh, so it, so this is another, another instance where the Jewish people and the Christian faith community around the world are really, you know, lined up together, you know, against a common enemy in this regard. So how did uh, any good propaganda has a kernel of truth? How in the world could they even stand on, 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 on an assertion like that when it has no historical basis at all? Well, well, um, in this instance, it has no historical basis whatsoever. Yeah, that's, that's um, now this that's why what makes it so fantastic in the negative sense. Um, this I, I read in a report where. The president uh, of um, uh, Mahmoud Abbas, you know, the head of the Palestinian Authority, said that archaeologists never found one shred of evidence that that there uh, was a temple in Jerusalem or that <laughs> we're in the West Wall. <laughs> I, I go to my wife is a is a guide at the Israel Museum in Jerusalem, and I've gone through numerous times, and I see thousands and thousands of archaeological pieces of archaeological evidence that there was a temple and there were Jews were in Jerusalem. Um, so, so yeah, you're right. Most propaganda has some kernel of truth that's distorted, but in this instance, there is no, no truth whatsoever. And why do they get away with it? Because they're talking largely to the Arab world, um, which doesn't have a free press and um, they can say whatever they want and there's no fact checking and there's no, no one else, no one there to contradict them. But but all the Western diplomats know that it's absolute nonsense. Um, so, but again, it's nonsense not only that's directed at the Jewish people, it's also directed at the history and fundamental beliefs of Christianity. Hmm. So this, we're nearing the end of, of the podcast, and I know we have to respect your time. Again, I'll return back to the first question. Uh, since you're the director of the Center of Jewish and Christian Understanding, in cooperation, and you said that we need it. It is incumbent upon us to 
to always promote the truth over propaganda. Can you give us at least four things or four distortions that you probably know that American evangelical Christians have or propagate um, that we, I mean, we have to take you know, ownership of and change? What are those right. things that are misconceptions? Uh, well, first is that is that Israel or the Jewish people never had a historical religious connection with Jerusalem. That's simply false. And, and a good way to, to, to understand that is to, just to read the New Testament, read the Gospels, and you see there, you know, that, that Jesus was Jewish. He, was, he grew up in a Jewish society. When he agreed with or he argued with people around him, it was an internal Jewish uh, discussion in Jerusalem. That's the first thing. The second thing is um, to understand that um, that we're fighting a kind of common uh, intolerant enemy here. And it's not all Muslims, but it's the Arab propaganda against Israel per se. Uh, that's critically important. Um, the other thing, I guess, um, is, is to make sure that other people know this uh, and, to, and to insist that your congressperson, whoever they are, um, really be a firm supporter of Israel. And I would just say from a religious point of view, you know, so much of the prophets and even much of the New Testament really is based around uh, the fulfillment of the world and the ultimate uh, messianic era. And, it, and the word of the Lord comes from Zion, which is Jerusalem. So I guess one way to do that, one way to really help Israel is to be faithful Christians to take uh, the New Testament seriously and to take the promise of God and the biblical prophets seriously that there will be a messianic era and the messianic uh, era will, will emanate from Jerusalem itself. It's not going to come from New York and it's not going to come from Paris. It's not going to come from Mecca or Medina. It's going to come from Jerusalem. That's right. and, and always stand up to, to falsehood. You know, when you hear this craziness and this nonsense, you have to say no. That's not the truth. The truth is as follows. Was there, um, is, is there so any way that, that any more way, people would do that? I think it would be a much better world. Is there any way we can support your Center for Jewish Understanding from over here? I mean, financially, or if we find Christians that are over there, can they come visit your your? Oh, we would love, we would love you to come visit. Absolutely. You know, that's what we do. We we host a lot of Christian uh, missions who are here. And we give seminars, we have joint Bible studies. So you absolutely, I mean, you know, what you need to do, you go to the website, it's cjcuc.org. And let us know that you're coming and we'll engage in a conversation with you. And we can set up some kind of joint program. We can eat together, we can study together, we can visit Jerusalem together, we can visit the Sea of Galilee together. Um, and we can really uh, uh, be brothers, true brothers in faith. Well, we are huge supporters of yours and will continue to be, and uh, we'll look forward to when you come back into uh, into our state, and maybe we can uh, uh, do something else together in the near future. This was our Rabbi Dr. Eugene Korn, uh, lecturer, scholar, educator, and academic director of the Center of Jewish Christian Understanding and Cooperation. Uh, he is a thank you. Weaving, thank you, and God bless you all. And God bless you. Thank you. All right. One more thing, sure. um, because there's so much confusion about Israel. You know, I was asked by publishers and a number of other people to write a book about Israel, um, just the history and the religious significance of Israel, specifically for Christian readers. And I've done that, and I would I would uh, you know, urge you if, and your and your listeners, if you want to learn more about Israel, um, this is a good 
resource. It's an easy read. It's not some kind of heavy academic book, but it, it lays out the history and the religious nature of of the Jewish connection to the promised land. Was that the Two Faiths, One Covenant book? No, no, no. Uh, it's called The Jewish Connection to uh, to Israel, the Promised Land, an Introduction for Christians. 